Stay inspired on the go with Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast from internationally acclaimed executive coaches, authors and ministers, Albert and Comfort Okran. You will be inspired and challenged with strategies to consistently reach for new heights. And now, today's message. In every area of human endeavor, leadership is the most important ingredient. Without good leadership, nothing can be achieved. But with good leadership, a lot can be achieved. So I make the point that leadership is cause, everything else is effect. National progress, economic development, organizational progress, company progress, do not come as a result of chance or as a result of some good luck. You know, we were lucky and we became profitable. Or as a result of magic. Let there be light, and there was light. It doesn't happen like that. Progress and success always comes from effort that people put together. Now, for this century, in order to be able to develop a nation or make sure that a company actually does well and survive this century, leadership will become increasingly crucial. To develop a competitive advantage in a world that is globalizing, a world of mega competition where the winner wins all and the loser loses everything, to develop such an advantage, we need a leadership that is able to develop ideas, develop visions, and excite and motivate people and align them behind the ideas to achieve success or achieve the vision. And there are lessons that we can learn, ladies and gentlemen, from companies of the past. In the late 1970s, two guys decided to do a piece of research on successful American companies. What they wanted to do was to go out in search of excellence. What they wanted to do was go out and look at the best-run American companies, the most successful ones, and study them and find them what makes them so good. And if they can find out what makes them so good, they can write about these companies and business students can learn so that they can also improve their own companies. These two guys are Tom Peters and Bob Waterman. And they studied the best companies in America. And you know America has millions of companies. They took the top 100,000 and studied them. And in the end, they identified 43 companies which by any performance indicator were the best in corporate America. In terms of profitability, in terms of customer service, in terms of employee satisfaction, in terms of environmental issues, these 43 companies were the cream of American business. By 1984, they were still the best. But only 10 years later, in 1994, um, all of them had disappeared, except eight. And today, only six of these 43 original companies are still around. The rest are all dead. Now, for those of us who want to manage companies, lead companies, be visionary, bring great results to companies, there are lessons that we can learn from this, uh, this example. If the best companies in America can disappear within 10 years, then the first lesson is that success in business is never permanent. I call it the impermanence of success. 
Success is never permanent. The fact that you are doing well today does not guarantee that 10 years from now, you will still be around. The second lesson is a paradox. And I call it the failure of success. That is to say, success itself can actually lead to failure. Because, you see, we have a human weakness. When you are very successful, become complacent. And a lot of these companies actually folded because they were so good that they became very complacent. In 1984, IBM was one of these companies. IBM was the darling of Wall Street. It was the most admired company in the world. This was a company that had over 80% of the world market in computers. IBM had no peers. But only eight years later, in 1992, IBM lost $3 billion. For the first time in its 80-year history, IBM nearly folded, just like the others. Success is never permanent, and success can go into your head and cause you to fail. In today's world, 21st century, world of business, sometimes you have to run faster just to stand still. So, I made the point that in order for any company to succeed this century, managers and leaders must realize that you cannot do the same thing and expect better results. Every system is perfectly designed to produce the results that it is producing today. Every system. So if you are not doing well, it's a reflection of the system that you are operating. And if you want to do better or get better results, you've got to change the way you do things. And I'll put it in a very funny way, ladies and gentlemen. You keep getting what you keep getting because you keep doing what you keep doing. If you want better results, then the system must change. So, we are operating in an environment of very fast change. And it is change that kills companies. Because, you see, if you're operating in a period of stability, you can do today what you did yesterday, and the results will still come through. That was what happened in the first 25 years of the post-war period. We had come out of the war, we had destroyed all factories, and we were beginning to build again. And frankly, those days, whatever you produced, 1960s, 1970s, people bought. And you didn't need to be a journalist to run a business. The environment was stable. The world economy was growing nonstop at 2.2% a year for 25 years. It was a period of live and let the slave. There was no problem with management or leading a company. It was easy. But this century is a globalized one. Because in 1974, Ghanaian companies didn't worry about Chinese companies coming over here. But today they're here. And the jet engine makes it possible. Today we have airplanes that can fly 21 hours nonstop. So your market is never far from a competitor all over the world. And it has become very, very difficult for companies to actually run successfully and managers and leaders to actually lead successfully. But you see, if you have the tools and you've got the techniques and you have what it takes, the strategic mind, the visionary mind, you can also succeed. Very difficult to run a business successful today. And managers and leaders must think about what is it that we need to do. And it boils down to making sure 
that you actually lead your people to success. Integrate your people into the vision. Get them aligned. Make sure that people understand clearly what you are trying to achieve. And if you can actually get your people behind your vision, then success will be at your door. This is why we need to differentiate between leadership and management. Success in today's world depends on leadership rather than management. In a period of stability where you are doing the same thing over and over again, all you need is management because you're not changing anything. Everything is the same. People are experienced and they carry on. In a period of change, you need to get people to change. And that requires what we call leadership skills. Because you are not asking people to do the same thing, you are asking them to do something else. And human beings are creatures of habit. And as creatures of habit, we tend to live in comfort zones. Once we are used to something, habit, it is not so easy to actually change. So the question is, if leadership is so important, what is leadership? This is a word we use all the time. But what is it? What is the definition? Leadership has got a very simple definition. Leadership is the process whereby one individual, an individual referred to as the leader, is able to influence a group of people referred to as subordinates or followers in order to work and achieve some good common objective. Leadership is a process. It's not a person. It's an activity where somebody actually influences people, encourages them, motivates them, and get them to work to achieve some good common objective. It's a word we abuse a lot. We think this definition is so big. It's simple. Therefore, if leadership is somebody influencing people to achieve results, then leadership occurs everywhere. You look at the definition, you realize that leadership does not depend on position. Leadership is anybody who is able to influence a group to do something. So an unemployed 23-year-old sitting in the village, realizing that the village cemetery is overgrown, and going to his colleagues and say, hey guys, haven't you seen the village cemetery overgrown? Let's go and clear it up. If this young man unemployed can influence his friends to go and clear that cemetery, he has been acting. Look at the definition as a fantastic leader. Leadership does not depend on position. Therefore, it's everywhere. But of course, in companies and organizations, we see leadership combined with position. In other words, if you have position, you are in a position, you know, a situation of authority, then that is where we expect you to actually behave as a good leader. You don't need that position to be a good leader, but if you have that position, it becomes a bonus. So you find leadership everywhere, at the national level, at the city level, regional level, and at the corporate level. Even at the corporate level, the leadership is everywhere. The CEO has got his own leadership duties to do. The head of finance has got a group of people under him he needs to lead. The marketing people are headed by somebody who's supposed to lead them to achieve the result for the marketing department. Leadership is everywhere. And it is crucial if every department is going to do well and contribute its quota to the success of the organization, then there must be leadership shown everywhere. In actual fact, 
as long as people report to you, even if they are only two, you are already in a leadership position. Because then the question boils out to how do you lead them to achieve the results? There are many people in positions of authority, and sometimes you confuse authority with leadership. We think by virtue of somebody being in a position of authority, that person is a leader. There is nothing further from the truth. There are many idiots in positions of authority around the world. In politics, you know, heads of states, company executives, who are no leaders at all. You may say, but how did they get there? Of course, there are many ways to get there. You may be related to the president's wife. That's why they made you managing director. Not because you have anything to deliver. There are people who have become president through the barrel of the gun. What the point I'm making is that, ladies and gentlemen, leadership is not position. This young man I talked about, 23-year-old unemployed, who was able to commandeer his friends to go and read the cemetery. He was unemployed. He didn't have any, any position. So, leadership is everywhere and it's crucial. Young man unemployed was able to get the cemetery cleared. There are many people who don't have any position but have been able to commandeer people to do good things. That is leadership. And these are the seven attributes of good leaders. Sound ethical compass. Look at the definition. Leadership is where somebody influences. So if you are not an ethical person, if you are a crook, it is very difficult to influence people because people know you for who you are. You bring any idea and say, this guy, we can't trust him. In other words, if you are going to be an effective leader, your followers must, must trust you. And trust doesn't come easily. You have to build it. So, sound moral compass. Your ability to actually influence people, ability to set goals, ability to get them behind, ability to believe in it, and get them to achieve success. These are the seven attributes of good leaders. And research indicates that all the excellent leaders that we write about have these attributes. Sometimes you don't find all of them in one person. The good thing is that leadership can be taught. We can all learn to improve. So maybe you've got some of the qualities, some you haven't got. It's easy to learn to also improve on that. Now, what are the forces that drive leadership? The great leaders of the world, what is it that drove them? We admire them, we see them, they're successful. You know, they've got the attributes I showed in the earlier slide. But what is it that makes them tick? These are some of the forces. Passion. The passion to succeed. The passion to make a difference to society. The passion to lead people on a journey to paradise. Passion drives leaders. And if you look at leaders of the past, those we read about, you find that they all had a passion to achieve something better than what they met. Don't forget, leadership is where you are influencing to achieve something good, which was not there before. Passion. Second point, leaders are driven by vision. In other words, they are always looking, can we have something better than what we have now? Why should we accept a growth of 5%? Why can't we have national growth of 10 Is there anything that we can do to move from 5% to 10%? There are people who are always looking at, can we have a better future? Vision. Vision. And when it comes to vision, it's not only for companies. Even your own life, you need to set a vision for your own life. I, when I talk to managers, I ask them one question. 
Where do you see yourself five years from now? Because unless you know where you are going, any road will lead you there. You become a rudderless boat. The wind blows you around. But if you know where you want to go, then you do all that it takes. And all those people who made a point when they were in their teens that when they grew up, they will become somebody they did. Clinton didn't have even a father. Father didn't look after him. Comes from the smallest state in the union. But at 16, this guy said, when I grow up, I'm going to be president. He became president. Vision is very powerful for your life. Where do I want to go? Where do I see myself five, ten years from now? It's already for companies, yourself. And then companies must have visions. If you are actually leading a company, there must be something that you want the company to become or to achieve in two, three years from now. That is called a vision. Self-management and self-confidence. Let us go back to the definition. Leadership is where? Influencing people. Before you can influence people, you yourself must believe in yourself. Because if you don't have confidence in yourself, how can you influence others? Excellent leaders are people who have self-confidence. My secondary school headmaster of many years ago put it in a very nice way. He said, in this world, if you cannot put your hand on your chest and say, I am, nobody will say you are. Self-confidence. Tolerance for ambiguity. Leaders are people who are very competent and very clever and very visionary. But they also realize that they are human. They can also make mistakes. So excellent leaders we have learned will say, guys, this is the way I think we should go. But if anybody has got a different view, come and talk to me. They can see other people's views. They listen to others. Usually, useless guys in high positions of authority, because they know they are incompetent, they want to bully people with their power. Do you know who I am? Don't you know I'm a boss? Leaders don't talk like that. This is the way we want to go. But if you've got a different view, come and talk to me. Sometimes other people's views may even be better than yours. Tolerance for ambiguity. And then, intuition. Excellent leaders have intuition. They have a flair for a, a better future. Better than what they have. And they also have empathy. Leaders, good leaders, care about their subordinates. They are going to influence the subordinates and work with them to achieve something bigger. In the process, they care about the welfare of the people. They are not slaves. Excellent leaders have empathy. So, if this is leadership, then... What is the difference between leadership and management? And I think if you spend a few minutes on that, that will help some of our people here. Because we tend to actually use the two words interchangeably. They are different. They are not mutually exclusive, but they are different. Management is about meeting expectations. Think about it. If we appoint you a manager, we are saying we want you to Look after these people to do A, B, C, D. We expect you to deliver these results. Management is what authority demands from you as a manager. It's about meeting expectations. And it's got three components. It's about directing whatever you are managing the unit. It's about making sure that systems set up in the organization, the company, or the nation, systems are protected and it's about order. Let's say that you are manager of a bottling plant. Order means everybody is working 
are scheduled rather than people throwing cards and souls at each other. That's order. Your business makes sure people are there. All right? You direct them what they should do. You make sure that factories are protected. Nobody is playing with danger zone, anything with anything that can cause trouble. And there is order. That's what management is about. Management is about meeting expectations. On the other hand, leadership is about exceeding expectations. It's, it's about doing something different. Whereas management is about meeting expectations, leadership is actually about leading and exceeding expectations. In other words, doing something different. And that is the difference between leadership and management. And leadership has also got three components. It's about observation, interpretation, and intervention. You look at the system and you say, but we can do better. I've examined the system. We can do better. You interpret the system, but we can do better than that. And then you intervene by doing what you think is better. Let's take Steve Jobs. By and large, computers are controlled with keyboards. Steve Jobs said, but why should it always be keyboard? Can't we have something simpler? And hence the mouse. Leaders are people who observe what is there, they interpret, and they intervene to bring something better. And that is the difference between leadership and management. So I make the point here that leadership is more about vision, setting agenda, getting people to believe in something new, whereas management is more about implementation. Next slide. So I summarize it. Managers manage structures and things. Leaders lead people. Leadership is about people. It's not about systems. It's about people. Managers actually manage things right. They make sure that once the agenda has been set, it is implemented perfectly. But it is leaders who determine what is the right thing to do in the first place. What is the right thing? Maybe Britain has given us 10 million pounds aid. Leaders must determine what is the right thing to do with this money. And once that decision has been taken, then the implementation will be a management uh, stuff. So, leadership. Is it the same all around? No. Since we go back, if we go back to the definition, leadership is about influencing people to do something good. You need to understand the context within which to apply the leadership skill. In other words, if I had to influence you to go around and pick later, it would be fairly easy because you are all mature adults. Once I say, guys, why don't we go and clean? Say, oh, pick it. That's a good idea. Let's go. But if I happen to be speaking to six-year-old children, I may have to give them sweets in order to get them to go and collect a letter. In other words, a good leader is the one who says, I need to understand the people I'm dealing with. I'm going to influence them, and I need to understand how they think, what their values are, before I can apply the proper techniques of influence. Leadership occurs in the context. That is why it doesn't matter that you are an excellent CEO of a company here in Ghana. If we promote you and put you in a company in Kenya, you may fail if you use the same techniques of influencing people here to influence people in Kenya. Because they are different people, different mindsets, and so forth and so on. Disney is a highly successful company. 
Set up first one, Disney Anaheim, successful. Orlando, successful. Tokyo, successful. So they said, we've got a magic wand. Wherever we go, we can be successful. Then they set up Euro Disney. And they lost $2 billion in the first two years. This is a highly successful company. How did they get it wrong? They got it wrong because they did not realize that the systems applied in America could not work in France. On their theme parks in America, they don't sell alcohol. But in France, drinking wine with food is a given. In fact, if you're born, I think the first thing you drink is a, a glass of wine before they give you breast milk. That is the thing. And they did not realize that, you know, they cannot set up a, a, a theme park in France without wine. And they failed. In other words, if you are going to be successful, you need to understand the people you are going to influence before you attempt to influence them. Leadership occurs in context. It also has different styles. Even the same group of people, depending on what you want them to do, the style of influencing them must change. If you only want your people to work harder, what you need is transactional leadership. In other words, transact with them. Oh, guys, if you increase productivity by 2%, I will increase your salary. That's a transaction, transactional leadership. If you want to speak to them and convince them, and your power is oratory, we call it charismatic leadership. But if you want to move them from one level to another, for example, you are the CEO of a company that makes video cassette recorders. And video cassette recorders is no more in demand. So you want your workers to agree with you to move from VCR to DVDs, which is the new thing. It is a more difficult thing. Don't forget, people are used to making VCRs. There are people who are, you know, directors of uh, production managers and so on. You are telling them to stop that and go to DVDs. They have no clue about Some of them are going to lose their job because they haven't got any experience. And you think as soon as you announce that you are going to move from VCR to DVDs, everybody will follow? No. Transformational or visionary leadership is where you transform things and it is more difficult. And that is what happens at corporate leadership at the top. The CEO must be able to look into the future and determine what products should we make? Which markets should we actually get in? What sort of vision should I set? How do I get my people to follow and so forth and so on? That is more difficult and that's what we call visionary leadership or strategic leadership. Leadership at the top. Let us take perhaps one of the most powerful women in business today. Indira Nui, chief executive and chairman of Pepsi. This is an Indian woman born in 1955 in Chennai. Now runs one of the biggest multinationals in the world. When she was appointed CEO, the first thing she did was to sell off all the food divisions of Pepsi, KFC, Taco Bell, Pizza Hut. He sold them off. I mean, for you Indian woman to take an American company and cut one third off, you need a lot of guts. But this woman knew that if she was going to be successful as a CEO, she had to determine what the right products or the right services are to offer. And that is visionary. So, strategic leadership or visionary leadership is the development of a vision, the development of strategies that will lead to the attainment of the vision, the alignment of your workers or people behind that in order to achieve 
that vision. You see, it doesn't matter what vision you have. It doesn't matter how visionary you are. You alone cannot deliver the vision. You need your subordinates, you need your workers, you need your followers. And the question is, how do you get them on board? It's easy to think that, oh, I will announce it. Next year we are going to so so they will follow. Human beings are not like that. We tend to live in comfort zones. We are creatures of habit. Once we've developed a habit, it's not easy to move. And in order to move them, you have to be an excellent orator. You have to be a strategic person. You have to be able to influence them to understand why we need to move from the previous position. So, visionary leaders are people, by and large, who are strategic thinkers. They always think of the future. Is there a better future? And if you are going to be a visionary leader, you must develop your ability to think strategically. Able to look into the future and say, we can be better than what we are now. As a nation, we can grow faster. India took independence from Britain and for 40 years, they had a policy of self-reliance. Alright? The white man is going to want to do it ourselves. India had a lot of people, but not a lot of money. And they wouldn't let foreign investment come in. As a result, India grew very, very slowly indeed the first 40 years after independence. India grew at a rate of 1% per capita per year and became known around the world as the Hindu rate of growth. So if your economy is growing at 1% per year, you are growing at the Hindu rate. And in 1991, the then Prime Minister Narasimharao and his finance minister realized that this policy was not good. And they had to look into the future and say, a better policy will be opening India up and allowing foreign uh, investment to come in. And India has never been the same again. That's exactly what happened to China too. With then Sharpen. And China has become a superpower. So a vision is a better future which is credible but not easily attained. A better future. Credible but not easily attained. Credible in the sense that it's doable. There are certain visions you can say, set which are not doable. For example, if the president of Ghana drinks a bit too much one night and gets up and says, in five years, Ghana will put a man on the moon and bring him back, it will be laughable. It will be a vision, but it's not credible. It's not doable. Even if we don't eat and we spend all the money five years, we can't send a man to the moon and back. A vision must be a better future, credible, but not easily attained. That's why you need everybody the hand of everybody to help actually do it. Next one. And these are some of the things that vision actually does. Vision actually links today to the future. My vision for the company is that in the next five years, we should double turnover. The vision is to link today to five years' time, turnover should be double. And it gives meaning to work. So every worker is actually working because there is a vision to be attained. It gives meaning to the work. I am putting a 14 because in five years we have to have double sales. A lot of the time people come to work without realizing why they're there. You talk to some of your subordinates and ask them why they come to the office Monday to Friday. You'll be shocked by the answers you get. Some people think by virtue of coming, they should be paid. They deserve to be paid because they showed up. But vision sold to everybody gives meaning to um, work. And strategic leaders are people who
who are able to set vision, get everybody aligned, and they achieve it. And I've got a few examples. Sir Maurice Flanagan built Emirates from 1985. Dubai is one city. There is no oil. They don't take taxes. Yet this city must develop. And they felt that, look, if we can make this city into a service economy and fly people in and out to spend their money here, we can have an economy. Hence Emirates. And one, the brother to the ruler who is co-chairman, invited Sir Maurice Flanagan from British Airways to come for a meeting in Dubai 1985. I said, Maurice, I want you to build me an airline, but I don't have the money. I have only $10 million. One plane costs more than $100 million, so $10 million will do what? But he said, let us start. You see, economic development depends on three things. One, knowledge, competence, know-how. Second, the will, the heart, the desire to actually do something. And third, resources, usually money. If you've got the first two, you usually will find the third one. Emily, they didn't have the money. But they had the knowledge, competent people, and they had the desire to build it. We are going to be successful. The money rolled in. The rest, as they say, is history. Ten million. They couldn't buy a place, so they leased two places from Pakistan International Airlines. Now they have a fleet of 160 and one of the best airlines in the world. From 1985, Ghana was established in 1958. Where is it? The desire to make a difference. The vision. We need to develop an economy for the children yet unborn. We don't have oil, we don't have taxes, but we need to build something. Emirates. Sam Walton, Walmart, the biggest retailer in the world, was started in Arkansas, the smallest state. And Sam says, I'm starting a small store here, but my vision is to make it the biggest uh, uh, retail network in the world. And it's, it's done. It's been achieved. Steve Jobs. Why should we always use a keyboard? Can't we find anything else? Hence the mouse. Visionary. Always thinking about something better. And I have the last one here. Lee Kuan Yew. This guy inherits a malaria-infested no-man's-land called Singapore. We talk about tribalism here. Singapore, the problem was even bigger. Because Singapore had Indians, Malays, and Chinese, and they were not even talking to each other. But he says, look, we can make this a paradise if we work together. From today, nobody's calling himself Chinese, Malay, or Indian. We are all Singaporeans. He killed tribalism on the spot. And within 20, 30 years... This guy has taken this country, look at the site, to one of the richest in the world. The power of vision. The power of leadership. The ability to excite people. Ability to get them on board. Set a vision. Energize them. Motivate them. And work with them to achieve success. So how do you become such a leader? Visionary or strategic leader? General competence, knowledge. If you don't know, and you've been put there because you are related to the president, everybody knows you don't know. You cannot do it. You may bully people, and they may actually say yes to you out of fear. But good leaders are actually respected out of reverence, because people know they are so good. Competence, technical competence. Ability to determine the future, 
ability to excite people to get on board, ability to inspire others to lead various divisions, and ability to achieve results using people. Leadership is about leading people on a journey of paradise. And if you want to become a strategic leader, these are the skills you need to have. Self-knowledge is something that I want to highlight. Unless you know yourself and your weaknesses, you cannot improve. I tell my manager uh, students that, look, regularly ask yourself, what are my weaknesses? What are the skill shortages I have? What can I improve? Because, you see, intelligent people are not people who are born intelligent. They are people who are modest enough, enough to learn. If you are modest enough to learn, you become very intelligent. Every time I've sat in anybody's lecture, I've learned something new. If you are modest, you learn something new. And strategic leaders are people who know themselves, they examine themselves, and they're always improving their weaknesses and strengthening their strengths. Ability to think strategically. Not only today, but always looking into the future. That is what strategic thinkers, strategic leaders, visionary leaders, are made of. And we can learn to improve our leadership skills. Some people say they're born. That is not true. Nobody is born to be a president. You have to learn economics. You have to learn you know, how to speak to people. You have to learn how to deal with money and budget. Before you can become a minister, we can all learn that in area, any area of human endeavor, leadership is crucial. Leadership is key because leadership is cause. Everything else is effect. And Napoleon noted that by saying leaders are people who deal in hope because visionary leadership is about hope. It's about future. Because if there is no hope for the future, there is no power in today. If all of us are going to die tomorrow, why are we even here? We should be sitting in the park drinking because we have hope that tomorrow will be there. And tomorrow will be better. That's why we are here. Life without vision is meaningless. Vision is important. And visionary leaders are people who determine visions, better futures, carve out strategies, and align their people behind them to achieve greatness, which they all share. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to Springboard Zone, an inspirational podcast by Albert and Comfort Okran. Like our Facebook and Twitter pages at Albert N. E. Okran and Comfort Okran A for free resources and information about our itinerary, conferences, and media broadcast. For speaking appointments, email albert.okran at icloud.com or SMS or WhatsApp us on plus two three three two four. 9999000. You may also subscribe to Amazon.com or your favorite online bookstore for copies of our inspirational books and audiovisual materials. Until we come your way again, always remember you are blessed indeed. Oh, 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 oh.